so. Anyway, let's, I just want to talk to you about what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or, or indeed him to be refreshed, refilled uh, in, in the Holy Spirit. Um, and for most of us who have been around charismatic Christian circles, we should recognize a word I'm about to say. All right, if you recognize it, put your hand up. Okay, baptizo. Baptizo, baptizo. Why don't you say that with me? Baptizo. Okay, why don't you say it with like, like, a, like I don't know what a Greek accent is, but put a Greek accent on. Baptizo. That sounds more Italiano, but that's as Mediterranean as I can get. Baptizo, okay? So you clocked that now, you know what that, that word is. Uh, you, know, you know how it sounds anyway. Well, that, that word is a Greek word, uh, and, and it means this. It means to, it means to, who think, well, actually, for those of you who stick your hands up, what does it mean? Give me one word, one word. Baptism. baptism. Yes, baptism. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, um, what does it mean? Immerse. 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 That's good as well. Yeah, Stu, what does it else it mean? To die something. To, 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 to immerse something completely, to submerge, to, to actually be overwhelmed. Uh, if you look at a lot of kind of people's uh, meanings of what that word is, uh, it, it means to be absolutely overwhelmed, uh, to be, uh, in other words, to be fully wet. Do you know what it means to be fully wet? Does anybody have a shower and just watch it? That's, that's not baptizo. That's dry eo. Uh, okay? You've got to step in to, to the shower to, to become fully wet, to become fully uh, uh, overwhelmed. And in fact, actually, then you need to probably step into the bath and then dip under the water to be completely uh, fully wet. Um, listen, baptizo is a word that's mentioned 112 times in the New Testament alone. 112 times. I don't actually think it's used really in the Old Testament because the Old Testament was mainly written in Hebrew. Okay? So New Testament translated, the Greeks gave us that word baptizo. Uh, and it is. It's generally used to, when, it, when referring to some kind of ceremonial washing. Ceremonial washing. Uh, and it, you can learn a lot from studying what words mean, can't you? Anybody, anybody kind of do that? Do you love doing that? Do you like doing that? If you don't love doing that, uh, I pity you. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> sorry, that's really cool. Um, I just think it's a fascinating thing. And because he, the, the Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and all those kind of other languages, um, we need to do a little bit of investigation to see what the word is really trying to say. We can, quite more often than not, we can, we, we can just take the Bible as we can read it in English, but there's something about diving deeper. Somebody once said to me, a Hebrew uh, teacher said to me, he said, uh, reading the Bible in English is like trying to kiss your wife through a window. Okay, you can see it, you can kind of understand it, but you can't really feel it. All right, so there's something about d- uh, taking it apart and taking, splitting it up. Um, maybe um, you know, if, if you think about baptism, then and you think about the drenching and that and that immersing, um, that isn't just sprinkling, is it? It isn't. It isn't just sprinkling. Actually, that's why I, I, I moved away from the shower because that sprinkling um, uh, it doesn't quite cut it. Does it, baptism? Maybe it's a bit like this. All right, so Nathaniel. I've got a little boy, Nathaniel. Uh, uh, he comes outside. Maybe, maybe he did that a few days ago, and he sees me dragging the lawnmower around. And, and, and he decides at that moment he wants to be just like Daddy. All right, okay. And, and he starts following me around. He starts, I'm just going to be nosy, see what you're doing, uh, be, a bit more of an, be a bit of an interference. But I'm, I want to I I be under your, your, your nose about what you're doing. And, and after a while, he, he shouts over the lawn, noise of the lawnmower, and he, say, he says, Daddy, I want to help. Well, well, of course, I've just finished mowing the lawn. And of course, he'd say at that point. And, and really, I, he could have probably done it. You know, my lawnmower's pretty safe. You just have to go backwards and forwards. You don't have to touch it, lift it, do anything like that. And I'd have been watching, wouldn't I? Now, he's nine years old, is Nathaniel. And, and he can handle scissors at home. 
So um, instead, why don't I go grab some extremely sharp and large hedge clippers and, and then give them to Nathaniel and say, have at it, son. Go sort out that hedge while I go make a cup of tea. Would that be sensible? N- no. No, of course not. Of course not. I, I don't do that. He's not ready to handle those things yet. He could do the lawnmower, that's quite safe, but the, the big sharp hedge clippers, no, that's, that's not something that, that he can handle just yet. He might be able to handle them when he's 12, but by then he probably won't want to do it, yeah. all right? Which, which is a, a bit of an issue. Alan, would you mind uh, grabbing my cup from over there? Would that be all right? Or Janice, just grab that. Thank you very much. Um, so he's probably going to be nowhere to be seen by the time he's 12, and what I'm talking about is this. I'm, I'm applying it to the Holy Spirit. We, we are saved. Paul, Peter says that, uh, Peter Paul, uh, says we are saved uh, by, by his Holy Spirit. Okay, we, we come into salvation through his Holy uh, Spirit. And, and, and we can start to function as a Christian uh, in that. But we do it, I think, in a limited way. We can do it in a limited way. We, we can do some of the easy stuff. Uh, and maybe some of the easy stuff, you might think of it as, as praying. It, it might be reading the word. Uh, it might be serving in church. Um, uh, like Nathaniel, maybe when we first get saved, we, we, we need to tackle some of the safer tasks. But to really develop, to really move on, and to really mature, we need to, we need to grow. And, and, and we do that We do that by, well, what helps us do that? What helps us grow and mature as Christians? Can you, can you have a guess? The, the title of this is What to be Baptized in the Holy Spirit. So why don't you take a guess? Holy Spirit. Oh, Gary, you're bang on. Well done, mate. Well done. Um, obviously, uh, the answer is to, is to not only be saved by the Holy Spirit, but then to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. To be, remember, baptized. Baptizo means to be immersed, to be drenched, to be overwhelmed. Uh, and so when you're baptized in water, but then you're baptized in the Spirit, we are overwhelmed, immersed in the Spirit. And let me read, I'm going to read a few Bible verses this morning to help us understand it uh, and, and it help us explain that further. This is John 20 from verse 19. You ready for this? That evening, that evening... Dun, dun, dun. The disciples gathered together. All right, the disciples gathered together. Hush. They gathered together because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders. What did they do? They, they locked the doors to the place where they met. So, so they, they gathered together. They locked the doors. But suddenly, suddenly, who appears amongst them, guys? Who appears? Jesus appears amongst them. It says here in my Bible. And he says, peace to you. So they're scared. They're afraid. But he says, peace Peace to you. Um, and, 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 they, uh, and then he showed them the wounds of, of, of his hands and, and his side where he'd been stabbed. And, and they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. And Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you. Maybe he could still see the fear in their eyes. Maybe they hadn't unlocked the door, so they were obviously still scared. So he says, excuse me, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. And then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verses from verse 4, it said, Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in what? What did John baptize them in, guys? Water. But in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in, what will they be baptized in? The Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, every time they were 
gathered together. So they gathered together in the other way, didn't they? Now they've gathered together this way. They asked Jesus, Lord, is the time now? Is it the time now for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? And he answered, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this. God promising, Jesus, I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Oh my goodness, we could just spend hours in these verses alone. I feel like I'm skipping through them. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be filled with what? Filled with power. I believe that the original, the, the word there used is, is uh, um, dynamis, which is the word we get for dynamite. You know this, don't you? Dynamite. You'll be filled with dynamite power and you'll be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant promises, even to the remotest place on earth. Wow. We could literally spend days in those verses, but I'm going to skip through them because it said the verses in John 20, if you look at John 20 again, that happened after Jesus' resurrection. So he was showing them the, the, the holes and whatnot and, and his injuries. While the, acts, the verses in Acts 1 happened before his ascension to heaven. And I want to point out a notable difference in the disciples' attitude. Something that wasn't there before. Beforehand they were what? They were afraid. And they were hiding. Jesus hadn't yet breathed on them. But afterwards, what were they doing? They were preparing to preach with boldness, to, to be messengers, to go out with the power, with the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. So before they were locking the doors, now they're flinging the doors wide open and they're going, they're setting out. They're going, we have now got the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We are off. We're going to reach the world for Jesus and we're going to go to places we don't yet even know, the remotest places of the earth. What happened to them? They got baptized by the Holy Spirit. Baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now I want to show you something. I wonder, Stu, uh, do you mind smelling of vinegar? You can wash your hands afterwards. You'll be fine. Okay, just just uh, show people those if you wouldn't mind. All right, okay, pass that around. Pass that around. Maybe you don't have to smell of vinegar. Um, you can actually open it up if you want and have a little whiff. Have a little whiff if you want. All right. What, what are these? What are these, guys? What, what am I passing around? Gherkins. Gherkins, you say. Well, actually, no, they're not. They're baptized cucumber. That's what they are. They're, they're baptized cucumber. Pass it around, have a good sniff. Listen, little baby cucumbers, as far as I'm aware, this is how the process works. Little baby cucumbers, they're put into a pickling kind of jar, into a pickling solution, aren't they? They're cucumbers, little baby cucumbers, and then they're sealed. And the effect on the juice that they're placed in, what does it do? It begins to change them. It begins to give them a new taste, a new texture. Even if you have to feel them, they're the slimy things, they're a, new, a, a new feel. And that happens because the juice, the juice begins to change the little baby cucumbers. It begins to change the characteristics and the nature of the little baby cucumbers. The pickling juices begin to work from the outside in. But here's my point. The Holy Spirit begins to work in us from the inside out. As our nature is changed to be more like Christ. 
So what was once a little baby cucumber gets baptized in the pickling juice of the Holy Spirit and becomes a gherkin. It even gets a new name, doesn't it? It gets a new name. It becomes a new thing. A thing that tastes nothing like the thing that it was previously. And that's what happens with us when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We begin to change from the inside out. And let me tell you what happens using Bible verses. What happens when we become baptized in the Holy Spirit. And read from Ephesians 5. It says, don't get drunk on wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the what? The fillness of the... You're not so confident on that one, are you? Fillness of the Holy Spirit. And your hearts. This is awesome. This is what will happen. When you come to God, not, read, not absolutely perfect and ready and what have you, but willing and making that choice to be filled with His Spirit, this is what happens. Your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Just like John gave an example this morning. Our hearts will be overflowing with a joyful song. And, and, and keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture. It says, singing psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. So it's it's. God ordained, Bible ordained, sing spontaneous songs. Because that's what will happen is you're filled by the Spirit. Always give thanks to Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks for your brothers and sisters in the faith that are also filled with the Spirit because they're bringing more of him into your life. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other. There's a joy, isn't there, that being baptized in the Holy Spirit and continually filled with the Holy Spirit that comes out in song, thankfulness, and humbleness. This is exciting. Are you excited? Because I think this is really cool. I know there's only a few of us here this morning, but let's raise the roof and go, yes, Jesus, that's a really good thing. Give me more of your Holy Spirit. John 7 from verse 38 says, believe in me. This is something else that happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Believe in me that the rivers of living water, living water, that's, that's heaven, the heavenlies coming to earth, burst out from you. Flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. And Jesus, it says, if you don't understand what, it, what the Bible's talking about, in the Bible it tells you what it's talking about. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. There is a, there is a preparing that we have to do, absolutely. And that's a choice of our own. We have to do that. As a spirit believer, you have got, a spirit filled believer, you've got the river of life. Throwing out of, flowing out of you. It, it, it makes the lame walk. <laughs> it makes the blind see again. Baptism in the Holy Spirit be, allows this river of life to flow out from us. But why? Why does it do that? Why does it flow out from us? It's a purpose. Are you ready for this? Okay, Acts 2 from verse 1. This is the purpose. On the day Pentecost uh, was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered. Oh, look, once again, we see they're gathered in one place. Isn't that they They're not in any little coffee shops, ones or twos. They're gathered together, large numbers of them, in one place. They gathered together and suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. How do they know that? How does the, well, heavenly, the roar of the wind was so overpowering that it was all anyone could hear. At the moment, all you can hear is my whiny voice. But could you, could you, could you imagine the roar 
of the power from the heavenlies. And then something else happens. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. And it separated in tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. It didn't play prettily around their head. If you look at it more, it engulfed them. They were full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were filled with the power, it says there, uh, and they were inspired to speak in tongues. Empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they had never learned. Point it out once again. They were all together in one place of one mind. Experiencing what? Obviously a unity of the Spirit. Psalm 133 says right at the beginning of the psalm and then at the end of the psalm this says, How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. Wow, that's cool. The Spirit showed up in power when they'd come together in one place, in one mind, praying, meditating, worshipping. The atmosphere was ripe for something to happen. Oh Lord, let that fall on us. It might happen this morning, it might be already happening. That the God is, is empowering us, is filling us with something. Changing the atmosphere. If we're going to pray for our nation, if we're going to pray for other nations for revival. If we're going to pray for our nation for revival. For the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That then we need to be doing things personally and corporately that, 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 that enhance the chances of this happening. Because if we don't do things, then, then we'll quench or even grieve the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 6 says this. This is cool. This is awesome. Let's, in fact, I nearly changed some of these, these words, these, these titles of, of cities and places to things like, I nearly said Leeds and Bradford and, and I don't know, East End Park and, and, and France and Germany. I let you understand when I read it. It says this, when the people of the city heard the roaring sounds, the people of the city heard the roaring sounds, so they heard, something was happening. They heard it. They didn't even see it. They, they heard it. I need to see what's happening. Crowds came running uh, to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening. Because each one could hear the disciples speaking in their own language. Not saying that people from Bradford speak a different language. Not suggesting that. But maybe they've got a different dialect. Maybe they say no or no. I don't know. Um, uh, aren't all these Galileans... How is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Alamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia. It's like a holiday thing, this. North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, who are neighbors of Serene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. Power of God coming into a corporate gathering begins to speak to the world. These weren't people that were just from next door from Bradford and places. These were people from far away coming together and wondering what is going on. When it's God moving by his spirit through the church uh, and people that have been baptized by his spirit, others outside will notice. In Acts 2, verse 36, it says, Now everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one that God made both Lord and Messiah. And when they heard this, they were crushed. 
and realised what they'd done to Jesus. And deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? And Peter replied, repent and return to God. For each one of you must be baptised in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. And then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's an order there, isn't there? A repenting, a baptizing maybe in water in the name of Jesus. Uh, Well, no, not a maybe, but a definitely baptizing in the name of Jesus. And then take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and for your families. So for you and for your family. So not only, so when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're receiving it on behalf of your family. Those that might not yet know Jesus, all of a sudden there's going to be Holy Spirit power around them. And they're going to be able to see it through you. So you're receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, It says here, for those yet to be born, God knows what's happening. And for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself... Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this word. Believers, brothers and sisters, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. And those who were added to the number that day were how many? How many? 3,000 people in a day. In, in a day. 3,000 people. They were baptised and added to the church Because of the power of the Holy Spirit working through his people. People rushed to see what was happening. Revival came and 3,000 people came to know Jesus. That's astounding. Lord, bless us with that and more. Notice that the word of God was preached, that the Spirit brought conviction and 3,000 souls were saved. That is an amazing miracle. Would you not agree? We could just celebrate the fact that people spoke in tongues and ignore the fact that the reason for this miracle is the 3,000 souls that were saved. I always find that interesting when people talk about, well, you don't need church membership, you don't need to know who's doing what, where or when. How on earth did they know that there were 3,000 people added to the church unless somebody was counting? Yes. Somebody was taking notice, somebody was checking it off on a box somewhere, chiseling it into a piece of stone, I don't know. They knew how many were added to the church. Because if we just celebrate the fact that, that, that they spoke in tongues and ignore the fact that the, the reason for the miracle is 3,000, it's, it's, like, it's like finding 3,000 pounds in a paper bag, right? throwing away the money and, and celebrating the fact you found the bag. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's, if the Holy Spirit is with us and through us for a purpose, for a reason, once again, to help others get to know Jesus. That's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders brought about by the Holy Spirit are the signs that point to the wonder that is Jesus. Acts 2 from verse 42. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. That's, that's beautiful, isn't it? Mutually linked to one another. Sharing communion. Coming together for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many signs and wonders. The scriptures tell us that the believers were faithful in doing what again? Faithful in meeting together. To listen to to the teaching and to pray together. There's a thread. We come together uh, as people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we see what wonders he does through us.
These early believers believe that it seems that from Scripture they love to gather for fellowship with one another. The character of that early Christian community grew in the people a sense of awe. Maybe we sometimes we lose that sense of awe about who God is and what He can do in us and through us. They had a sense of awe, and that was reinforced by loads of those miracles that we read about. Uh, Acts two forty six daily. What's it? Well, I'm going to repeat myself again. But daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes. Temple courts in one another's homes. And, and they celebrated communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. And they were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. How do you enjoy the favor of all the people? Well, if you do life together, feel mutually linked together, what you do well, I also do well. What you can celebrate, I can also celebrate. When, when, when you are wealthy, I am also wealthy. That's the ideal church of Jesus Christ. Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Once again, who's noting that down? They were being added to daily. So once again, reinforced here, and I'm nearly finished, we see the result of the miracles, praise and worship, and above all joy of people added to the church. We're going to begin to worship again in a few moments, guys. But I want to give us... I want to give us a chance to, to, to be filled again, maybe for the first time, of the Holy Spirit. Because our lives need to be filled with the thought of advance, in mind of advancing the kingdom of God by leading people to Jesus. If you've been saved, if you've been saved, but never been baptized in the Spirit, I'm going to boldly say to you that I think you're limiting in, in how you think and the godly influence that you have on others. Because I think, from what I've just read, the Bible places a massive emphasis on being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it's for every single believer, the gift being held out to us, ready for us to, to grab hold of and receive. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.